the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Broadcasting from the Discount Drug Mart Studios. Proud to be celebrating over 50 years as your hometown pharmacy. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. What a beautiful day out there. Let's, uh, let's start because I've, I've heard some things from some people who are kind of desperate, so I'm going to try to cheer them up. Don't let desperate situations make you do desperate things. When people get be- desperate, they get creative. If you are curious, you will learn. If you are desperate, you will discover. Don't let desperate situations make you do desperate things. And mankind is at most desperate is often at its best. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Anyway, uh, this is a live show. So if you want to uh, talk to us uh, on the mic, um, please call in at 216. 216- 901 That's 216-901-0945. And uh, all the material I talk about on the show can be had. I mean, um, most of the stuff is, comes right from our research. So if you'd like any piece, I'd like to examine it further. Uh, you know, go to WHK's webpage, uh, local podcast down to Smart Investor Show. It goes right to my my webpage, all right? So, uh, by the way, my webpage, uh, I'll just say this, they have they have a a banner up there that um, I think it's it's called Insight, and it has a lot of good insight. And they change it every week. Uh, there's a couple pieces on there this week that I really really like. And then uh, on the front page, it says Bulletin Board. There's a newsletter. It kind of gives fills you in what the market's done all week, and has Rob Schleimer's work. And Rob is one of the better guys out there as far as uh, being a technician. He has won numerous awards and. Uh, for very, very, very good reasons, obviously, but uh, uh, highly recommend them, highly recommend them. Uh, so anyway, uh, this week we became a bull market again. We're 20% up from the low. 20% up from the low. We're in a bear, a bull market again. So the bear is over is what they're saying in so many words. Now, uh, we hope they're right. Um, I guess, uh, you know, everybody's been talking about uh, the narrow leadership and uh, the the S&P equal weight index, which each vote, each stock gets a vote versus capitalization weighted, where the bigger the capitalization, the bigger the vote um, broke out, broke its downtrend line. And the NASDAQ has been actually outperforming all the other indexes. And what we're starting to see is smaller cap names start to uh, break out. So this concentration, narrow leadership, likely is just more noise than a signal, I think. And uh, you look, the 
the NASDAQ valuations are closing in on the 2020-2021 highs. So I think what you, you know, you've got to see is that you know, you're going to have to start to see some of the fundamentals down the line. It could be that, uh, you know, uh, we have a correction in the NASDAQ because the Dow's not hitting, you know, the Dow's not breaking out. The, the Dow's actually, I mean, if you look at, and I look at momentum and all sorts of other uh, technical indicators, and the Dow doesn't look as good as the NASDAQ or the S&P 500. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, but the recovery and earnings sentiment has strengthened. And that's that's good. I, I think that the ratio of upward earning per share uh, estimates for the S and P 500 has improved to 57. percent That's pretty good. Now you got to make your earnings here because if you don't, you get whacked. Now look, uh, Snowflake is is an AI play, okay? And they missed their earnings. They went down, and they're back up above where they're where they missed their earnings. Okay, uh, so. You know, uh, there's some things out there that you got to pay attention to, right? So you got to see how this. It's not the the news event; it's how the stock reacts to the news event that's important. So, um, it, the the question is: Is the Fed going to pause, and we'll find out that next week? Uh, if they don't, I think we we correct a little bit. Uh, if they do, I, I think we go from here. The employment number um, was. Uh, uh, positive if you're looking for the Fed uh, to pause uh, this last week. You know, it came in and it was much weaker than people anticipated. And what was interesting was um, the the dollars that they're paying per person is going down. So uh, that's what the Fed wants, by the way. Uh, the, the, so the worst may be behind us, uh, maybe in layoffs. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, the question is, are, are now the latest Challenger points uh, Challenger survey uh, points to possible peak and layoff announcements. I think so. We'll see what happens. And, and the political winds are continuing to blow in the stock market friendly direction. Uh, you know the debt ceiling resolution was good. That means you know they're going to calm down some of the spending, which is important. And and small caps are continuing to put up a good fight, and they're cheap. This may be the cheapest you'll ever see small cap stocks ever. Um, you know, so they started taking away the money when Bernanke was around, and that's when small caps really underperformed. So if money ever comes back in the system, things could get really interesting. Uh, so look, as we move out of the second week of June, the S&P 500 is up 20% from the bottom, and that defines a new bull market. By the way, the bottom was not the last week in September, like I said it was. It was two weeks later on October 12th. And by the way, it was only down from where I said it was one day, all right? So what was my big mistake in, in 2022 was I thought we bottomed in May, okay? So it took another three or four months to get the bottom in place, and uh, it beat up people a little bit. And that, you know, by the way, I wasn't the only one around, uh, but I we didn't. No, the Fed was going to go hog wild either. But so the CPI uh, that was released on June 13 was less than what people expected. Okay. Uh, second, the Fed tolerated the recent easing of financial conditions and the rise in the fangs. And, you know, fang via AI and labor substitution are solving wage inflation. Um, remember, you know, in commodities, it's Demand versus supply until technology takes over. That's how it works. 
And and I think the third thing is uh, uh, Tom Lee pointed this out. Uh, uh, Tom's at Funstrat. We get his research all the time. He's a bright guy. He's on TV a lot. And he's a very bright guy. Uh, he believes the market breadth is notably expanding in the past week. So I think that's very, very important. If that continues, um, you know, we'll, we'll go on. But look, everybody's bearish. It's amazing. Everybody's buying, you know, one-year CDs at 5%. And the market's up 12. The market is defined by the S&P 500. It's up 12. All right? So why so bearish? So we could be up 20% this week, and nobody's participating. As a matter of fact, Friday was the first day, the first day this year, that we had positive inflows into the market in the mutual fund area and the ETF area. Last week, we had $77 billion come out of the market, and that was normal. So people are really, really negative, and it's, you know, from a contrarian point of view, the, the technicals are improving, all right? And the fundamentals are improving. What Lori Calvacina, you know, was talking about, 57% of the S&P 500 had an improvement in their fundamentals. So the fundamentals are improving. The technicals are improving. <laughs> People are still bearish. Uh, job can get to you. So, so there's so much gloom out there. Stock market, the S&P 500 is up 12%. Sell side still chasing stocks higher. All right, uh, you know we'll see what happens going forward. But uh, you know I, I think what what may happen. And, and by the way, what I think is important right now is I'm seeing stuff in the industrial area starting to bottom, and the basic materials area starting to bottom. Now they they corrected hard and fast, and and that that's the problem with this market is that the leadership changes so fast. And that's because all the money's on the sidelines. I mean, they were talking about $12 trillion has gone into bonds, short-term bonds. You know, people buying CDs for a year. Well, that money's going to come out in a year. And I think they're going to get, a, a you know, a, a slap in the face uh, when they realize that, hey, I ain't getting 5% anymore. Okay? And, you know, one of the things that people talk about is on the insurance side is these fixed insurance products. And the question is, yeah, sure, you're going to get 6%. Will it stay there? Okay. And, and that's, that's what you got to make sure of in the contract, I think. Uh, so we'll just leave that going. But we had a solid st uh, start to June. Uh, you know, I, I was, I was impressed by the NASDAQ composite. I was impressed by the Russell. The Russell had, you know, the NASDAQ and the Russell had two of their biggest days in 20 years. And nobody's talking about it. Everybody's still bearish. You just listen to CNBC. You better lock your windows or you'll jump out, okay? So, um, you know, I, I just think it's interesting. I, what's, what's also interesting is the strength in stocks year-to-date is based on better fundamentals. But the technicals were improving first before the fundamentals. So somebody's putting their money where their mouth is. And what's interesting is the VIX, the fear index, has dropped below 15 for the first time in three years, folks, three years, people have been scared to death for three years. And, and you know, part of it's maybe uh, good, but the point is, is that uh, I am seeing some stocks that are starting to look much, much better. Okay. So I think the upside breakout in equities puts the 
the S&P 500, kind of near the 4,300 level, which is where we said it would go. If we broke 4,195, we said for the weeks prior to this, that would go to 4,325. So I think that's where we're headed. Um, look, uh, I, I think the upcoming June 14th meeting, you know, I, I think June 13th is the CPI, and then we have the uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting on the 14th. So I think there could be a pause in the action a little bit while people sit and watch. Uh, but it, it might be time to start to really put some money to work if indeed they pause. I think that could go. Uh, you know, Mark Newton's talked talked about this 4325, as did Rob Schleimer. They hit it, you know, <laughs> Mark replaced uh, Rob at, uh, at Fundstrat. So obviously they know it going. But what's really interesting is the mid-cap 400, I think, is really uh, – it's it's joined that Russell and breaking out. Now the Russell's interesting. The reason I think it's interesting is breaking out is because what's twenty six percent of its makeup is regional banks. So even with that drag on regional banks, these things are going farther. Now I'm gonna up. I'm gonna say this again, and I've probably said this for like uh, I think this is a year now. So I hope I'm getting my point across. <laughs> you should have a barbell approach to your portfolio. Okay. The bar is your dividend growth and your prime income list, your bonds, uh, you know, your one-year treasuries, whatever it may be right now, uh, your fixed annuities, whatever, and, and that bar. On the right-hand side, we got some value stocks, and on the left-hand side, we got some growth stocks uh, because I think the rotation is going to still be there. Remember, we, we talk about this four-year cycle within the grand bull markets, and, you know, it's, it's hard to think about this as a grand bull market. It, it was a, you know, I'm talking about a secular bull market now. We did have a bear market within it. We, and, and the, from 1982 to 2000, we had 1987, we had 2000, and then we had 1998 with the Russian ruble crisis. So we, you do have bear markets within bulls and, and vice versa. So this has been one of the longer ones because it's been a Fed tightening cycle, and the, and the massive amount of tightening uh, has made it last longer than anybody anticipated. But Look, I would suggest you tilt some of your portfolio to tech, healthcare. Staples went into a column of O's versus consumer discretionary or retail. Uh, that doesn't mean staples are, should be thrown out. It just means that retail is picking up, and I'm seeing numerous names there. All right, um, and and I I'd, I'd probably. Industrial materials, I think you got to watch for a while, but they are looking like they're bottoming. So uh, pay kind of close attention to those because they might, it, you know, if we do one of those zigs and zags again, they might lead the way for a while. So uh, just, just keep it in mind. Um, so one of the things I talk about is some of the portfolios we have, and we have what we call our disciplined high part, uh, high quality portfolio. And they're changing some of the consumer exposure to better reflect some of the current uh, landscape. So uh, they've added a couple big names um, and they've, they've taken out a couple. All right. Uh, but for the most part, uh, these are really high quality names that they're, they put up on this thing. And um, it, it, it's, it's a good portfolio, a high quality portfolio. I, I own 90% of these names. All right. Uh, so I, it's it's a new portfolio that we just put out. You might want to take a look. I highly recommend it. You know, to get that, you just go to the 
uh, WHK webpage and go to local podcast down to Smart Investor. And there's all sorts of contact me, email me, that type of thing. But, you know, everybody was given this a really hard time because it was a very narrow-minded move. Well, Russell had a 4% day or 2.8% day and a 1.7% day the next day. So we'll make it two days. So at the, at the midpoint of the year, you know, we're coming up to the S&P 500 is up 12%. The S&P equal weight is only up three. Most of that was last week. Hmm. So what we're starting to see is that we've, you know, I always talk about the kings and the knights fighting the battle. But you need the archers, the foot soldiers, supply chain, all that good stuff. And they're starting to come. They put out their cigarettes in in the barracks and they're starting to come into the field of battle. So that could be really big because I'm telling you, small caps. And Lori Calvacino was the small cap strategist for a firm for eight years. And I believe she was like in the top three for most of that time. She knows small caps and she says these are the cheapest they've ever been. But I, th- I think the heavy lifting to get us out has been done by the S&P 500 and, and the FANG stocks, the leadership group, okay? And now I think you'll see us spread, spreading out. Now, next week could stall things a little bit, okay? We'll see what happens. But I think that the performance disparity will de- is deserved right at the moment, but will change. Hey, let's take a break. Uh, if you have a question, remember that. Number here is 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. We'll be right back. We call it the fairy godmother moment. That moment when we fixed your problem, cleaned up to apple pie order, and are heading out the door. Why? Because we're not the hero of this story. You are. We're just privileged with the chance to come on the scene when you need us, while it could doodle your problem away, and leave you to attend the ball. That's the fairy godmother moment. Except, we want to do one more thing before waving goodbye. Give the important parts of your plumbing a flyby once over, ensuring your emergency water shutoffs are working, checking the age, safety, and condition of your water heater, and verifying your water pressure is not too high or low. We want to leave you with peace of mind that your plumbing system is good to go. So when you're feeling the glow of why it works fairy godmother moment and our straight talk and do it right plumber asks to do a flyby, now you know why. Because you're the main character and we want the rest of your movie to be as trouble-free as possible. Consider it done at whyitworks.com. Brandon Tatum calls out corruption. You tell people that they look that look like you that America is not built for them. Some of these black leaders are actually absolutely evil and grifting. And when I say grifting, that mean they're doing the things that they're doing for financial gain and not for the betterment of the black community. The Officer Tatum Show, weeknights at 7 on AM 1420, The Answer. Or on iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. 
Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back. So, uh, I got a question here on email, and I sometimes answer them, but I don't answer them all. And the guy says, uh, you know, why, if you like small caps so much, why aren't you recommending them? I'm going to get back to what I've been saying for about six months now. There's a silver tsunami out there, folks. <laughs> I, uh, a lot of people are retiring. And I think what you need, you know, you may put 5% of your money in there, maybe 10, uh, but what they're looking for is high quality. Okay. So that's why we have our, you know, our high quality portfolio, our, you know, top quality value portfolio, our dividend growth portfolio, our prime income list, because that's where the money's going. Okay. So just remember that. Uh, all right. So, uh, by the way, you know, I, I think it's a little overdone short term here, but I think, uh, I, you know, if I was a betting man, the place that I would put my money to work is, a, you know, if I was my Vegas money would be an AI. And I know six or seven good companies in that field right now. And uh, I just think you probably want to uh, wait on them a little bit simply because of the fact that they're, they're up a lot. Okay. But that'd be a place where I would I would look. Okay, so look, it's rotation nation. <laughs> okay, and you know they took the semiconductors out and shot them last week. Uh, you know most of them were down three four percent, and you know they had led the way. Okay, remember we talked about the high beta stocks pulling out, and and they were mostly the semiconductors. And this week they whacked them. All right. That's what's been happening. And the reason is they can do that is because there's not as much money in the market right now. Believe me, I know 20 mutual funds right now that have 10% cash, and that's the most they can have. I know a lot of money managers that have 20, 30%. I had some of my accounts, I have 20, 30%. Okay. So uh, it the, the problem is once you start feeling good about something like, you know, I was really getting into the basic materials and 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 some of the industrials. They whacked them, and they whack them hard. Okay, so um, right at the moment, I just hold back, and uh, you know, you want to buy things that are down. The things that are down right now are the industrials and the basic materials. Okay, so they've been down for about three four months, and they're starting to bottom. So you got to pay close attention. But they did whack the the uh, stocks a little bit. And so it's rotation nation. Okay. Just remember that. And I, look, I think the participation is broadening. The Russell 2000, the S&P 500 equal weight index improved. The Russell's right at its downtrend line. So I think uh, if you're, you know, you're, you're looking at it and think, trying to decide whether you should buy it. Uh, well, you know, it's got to break the 1915 mark, I think, or 19, yeah, 1915. If it breaks that, it breaks the downtrend line, and I think uh, that's when you want to have a little bit of small cap exposure. And the S&P 500 equal weight index, which you know a lot of uh, this led the S&P 500 for years, and I'm talking like seven years. So 
you know, you got to watch this one kind of closely. And by the way, they're putting in a lot of 401k plans now, so uh, something to pay attention to. But it did break its downtrend line. So that'd be an area, you know, I'd look to the bottom end of the S&P 500. You know, not the, the smaller names there that might be a good place to be starting to buy, okay? It's, just think about it, you know. if uh, And the other thing I'm seeing is both the industrials and the energy sector are starting to uh, look interesting. Now, the energy sector is in a triangle pattern. So it, it's got if it, it's going to break one way or the other. If it breaks to the downside, uh, you know, you, you could have a problem. So you got to be careful with that one. But the industrials, uh, you know, they pull back hard and, and now they bounced up a little bit. And now they're going sideways. So that'd be a sector I'd look, you know, very closely at and make sure that, uh, you know, I'm paying attention because they're going to, I think they're going to rotate back, uh, especially if they pause, especially if they pause. So, um, you know, look, I, I think it's, the short-term pause has already taken hold in NASDAQ and mostly because the semis have been part of the leadership. Okay. Uh, but I don't think it's the start of a bear market. I think it's, it's a pullback in growth stocks and it's a very healthy technical development. You don't want them getting overbought. Okay. So what you want to do is pick your favorite semiconductor stock. I have three or four and buy it on the pullback. Okay. There's been a couple that have screamed straight up. So just remember that, all right? Many cyclicals corrected in the first quarter. So that's an area that I think you got to pay attention to because if we come out of this, all right, we started a bull market this week. We're 20% above the low. That's how they define it. If they start to lower interest rates for some odd reason, you know, I mean, they're talking tough now, but, you know, if they start to lower interest rates, they're going to, Start with the early stage cyclicals, which will be the semiconductors, the industrials, the, you know, that type of thing. So I think uh, the implications for investors, uh, it, you need a look, there's a lengthy list of macro fundamental concerns right now. And the, the, the equity market's technical backdrop continues to approve. And the fundamentals are starting to approve on individual stocks. Not on the economy, so it's it's a really weird situation. But uh, you know, growth versus value. Growth has you know had a huge sell off, and it bounced. So we'll see what happens. And we look at the cyclicals versus the safety. The cyclicals came right, you know, broke out, came right down to the breakout, and then took off. So and it was mostly due to semiconductors, as I said. So I think you got to pay attention now. Healthcare is getting interesting. I'm going to talk about the, some of the bios uh, in a second, but the 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 one one thing that we we watch fairly closely at RBC is is one of Rob Schleimer, who is our head technician's main uh, we'll call it momentum indicator, and it's the weekly quadrant balance data, and it's getting up there. So you know you could have a pause here, or a, a pullback, and everything be all right. And the, I think a pullback. Uh, to where it broke out, which would be 40, you know, 195, 4,200, something like that would be a, 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 okay. I think it's going to go to 40, 4325 first. I believe that would probably happen within the, you know, week or so, see what happens. Now, the NASDAQ has made a big move, so it's got to pause and just digest the gains for a while. And, uh, the, you know, the Russell is still attractive. It did break. I mean, it, it is at its downtrend line. So if it were to break through that downtrend line, I'd feel much better. Uh, and 
you know, start to look at things fairly closely in that area. There's a lot of good companies that are in that Russell that are down. You know, it's the baby with the bathwater type situation. They threw out the banks and they threw out a lot of really good companies because of that. Because when they sell these ETFs, they have a very short period of time to fill the whole order. So they buy all those stocks. When you buy one of those ETFs, they buy all the stocks. And when you sell it, they sell them all. And there are some institutions out there with a million, two million shares of the Russell. All right. So that's how they asset allocate. Um, so we'll see what happens. The dollar, I, I had several questions about the dollar last week from my clients and, and, and uh, prospective clients. And the dollar is right at some fairly decent size resistance. So we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, you know, oil uh, broke hard Friday. Uh, there was a rumor that uh, we had settled with Iran, and it turned out to be a rumor. So um, it, it didn't bounce back as much as I thought it was going to. Now, um, and I, I had 22 questions about gold this week. Uh, so there's for all you gold bugs out there, it's pulled back to support. It's really got a hold here. Now, sometimes when uh, – this is what they call an undercut, okay? Uh, you know, when, when you have a bull market, so we had, you know, we started a bull market literally back in 2009 at the low, and in 2020 during the pandemic we had an undercut on the monthly chart. The next month we were above it, so that's what we're looking at in gold right now. So if it sometimes you have dramatic moves up after that, but it is a cautionary signal. Uh, you know, copper versus gold. Copper is not winning the race. Gold is. But, you know, gold's got a hold here is what, it, what I'm saying in so many words. So just remember that. And, look, I, I'm going to go back and I'm going to talk about the long run because people sometimes they get so, you know, they listen to CNBC. They get so intense, so tight. They forget about the long run. All right. You know, Apple Computer, if you would have bought it when Steve Jobs came back, you would have suffered through seven 50% corrections in the stock and you'd be up 7,000%. Now, let me repeat that. You would have suffered through seven 50% corrections in the stock and you'd be up. It would have made your day, okay? So look, when we hit these massive bottoms, Usually there's a top eventually, but it's usually 2,300% away. We went to 2,000 to be 3,500 to 14,000 on the S&P 500. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Martin Vester Show. It sure is mellow, breezy, and the grass. Take your investment knowledge to new heights this year on the 2023 Eagle Financial Publications Cruise. Join us along with The Money Show on a luxury voyage to the Caribbean and learn from top financial experts like George Gilder and Mark Skelson through workshops and seminars. Relax and refresh, all while discussing investment strategies with like-minded individuals. Secure your spot today at eaglefinancialcruise.com. That's eaglefinancialcruise.com. 
Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you and without censorship from big tech. Become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to every radio show over the last 10 years, all commercial free. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free PragerTopia coffee mug. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. You listen to this radio station for truth at a time when truth is an endangered species. Now, we want to invite you to listen to our sister TV network, Salem News Channel. You'll find us in the App Store or online at SalemNewsChannel.com or on Roku or similar devices. You'll see Hugh Hewitt in the morning, followed by Mike Gallagher. You'll see Dennis Prager, followed by Sebastian Gorka. And at 5 Eastern Time, our newest star, Andrew Wilkow, with Dinesh D'Souza at 7 Eastern. Salem News Channel, the antidote to the mainstream media. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. looking at outside it's beautiful out there uh good old ohio anyway i i, I had a lot of questions about uh, companies in the staple area and I, I i our friends at dorsey wright who provide us with the uh, bullish percent an interesting uh comment this week about the xlp versus the xly the xlp is is the staples and the xly is consumer discretionary and if, if you look at it on a relative basis, consumer discretionary went positive versus the staples. Now, that doesn't mean you have to sell all your staples, by the way. But I thought it was interesting because, you know, basically the, the staples have been in, in a pretty much a bull market uh, for most of 21 uh, or 2022. All right. So uh, I just, you know, it's, it's, you know, they, they, had been selling off and then they turned and led the way for a while. And uh, so it'd be, it might be time to buy a few uh, uh, retail stocks. Who knows? Uh, so anyway, um, I, I was looking at the bullish percent. You know, we got down to 40 and, and I said in the small caps, we were down to 30, which is, you know, that's the green zone, folks. That's when everybody's bearish. That's when you should be bullish. Okay. So the bullish percent was designed by a protege of Charles Dow back in the 1928, actually. Uh, and it kept him out of the crash. All right. So guy, guy was a smart guy. And he just, he, all he did was look at the number of point and figure chart signals that were on a buy signal or a sell signal. When everything's on a buy, you should be wary. When everything's good, you should be wary. When everything's bad. And, you know, you, you turn on CNBC like you do right now. And uh, you know, we did a study. It was seventy percent of the strategists are negative right now, and yet here we are, up twelve percent for the year. So they've kept you out of the market, and and you would have had a good year, All right? If you just bought the S and P five hundred, you know, I mean, I got a couple of accounts up fifteen, sixteen percent, right, for the year. So, um, 
it, it's tough. Now, the smaller cap names have been a detriment to most of my portfolios. And, uh, you know, you may, I, you may have to give up on some of those. They're, they're very fundamentally sound companies, but they're not getting any money. Uh, and that, that happens. But we were at 30. So when you get below 30, that's the green zone. That's when everybody's happy. When you get above 70 on this bullish percent, that's when everybody should be, that's when you should be careful. Okay. You should be greedy under 30, careful over 70. And remember, in 2021, uh, starting March 21st, we hit 80. And then we went to 60, and I, and I kept, you know, I didn't have any good ideas for anybody. Okay. And now we were just at 40 on the, on the, on the, the big names. Okay. The bullish percent. And we were 30 for the small cap names. Now, the international names have been in the column of X's, but they're only at 42. That's a good place to buy some things. One of the things I did notice is some of the emerging market ETFs are starting to look interesting. They're, they're, they're more for the aggressive trader right now, okay? But they're starting to look interesting. But we're still in the column of O's, so you got to look over your shoulder a little bit. Uh, but we were up 3.9% to 44 on the bullish percent this week. And we were up 2.2 uh, on the small cap index, the over-the-counter index, and 1.7 on the international. Um, but we did, the Russell 2000, the IWM, did break its downtrend line, okay? So it's in a column of X's. Important. I think it's got to break through that uh, 190 area. Um, you know, uh, I think it was 191, I said. If it broke there, it would break a triple pop, and then we'd be off to the races, I believe. Um, and it's being pulled up a little bit by the banks, but mostly, mostly, it's being pulled up by uh, some of the small cat names because they threw the baby out with the bathwater, okay? So, I, you know, the, the energy sector is starting to look good. The financials, materials, uh, industrials, um, consumer discretionary, the small cap in that area is really looking good. And also tech. Uh, healthcare is starting to, to do well, but, you know, the most favored sector is technology again, folks, uh, on, a, on dynamic asset level investing, which is relative strength investing, buy high, sell higher type scenario. Industrials are number two, basic materials number three, consumer non-cyclical, discretionary, okay, retail is number four now. I was almost dead last a while back. And consumer cyclical, uh, 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 non-cyclical is, is staples, consumer cyclical is fifth. Healthcare. Is sixth, so healthcare has gone from dead last uh, to up. Now the other thing is communication services was at 22 votes. It's now at 97. That's the meta stocks of the world, et cetera, et cetera. They're starting to gain it. So we've gone from dead last and moved back. Now real estate is dead last right now, and I think you got to wait on that just simply because people are worried about you know real estate going forward. But I would start to look at the industrials. Okay. And, you know, I talked about that as, you know, semiconductors a while back, but now I think you want to look at the industrials, industrials, okay? Uh, so we'll, we'll leave it at that. And uh, financials, I still, I still think you've got to underweight those except for, like, the, the big banks. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Uh, somebody asked me about, uh, you know, the Latin America. And Latin America, if I, if I look at it versus the money market, has broken out, okay? so. If you have money in the money market, you'd rather have a little bit of 
you know, zinging it, Latin America be a place to go. I am seeing some of the international small cap, we'll call it developing nations scenarios, uh, looking starting to look good. And I'll say that again. And so there was a change in the fixed income market over the last week. The Treasury 10-year yield index reversed back up. Okay, so when interest rates are heading up, uh, you know, the Bank of Canada unexpectedly raised rates by 25 basis points. So, uh, you know, when if interest rates continue up, you know, it's the floating rate, the inverse funds, you know, mortgage bonds that look the best. Okay, so keep that in mind. Uh, And I look at the, you know, crude oil, crude oil still on a buy signal, but it's not going anywhere. It's in a column of O's. So it's we gotta get we gotta turn that into a column of X's. And we got gold on a sell signal in a column of X's. So it's been some crazy stuff going on in the commodity market, that's for sure. Um you know, if you look at well, if you look at gold during a presidential election uh term or during a president's term, usually it's the fourth year that the gold takes off. So that would be starting January 1, all right? So just leave it at that. Uh, so wh- where do we go from here, I guess, is the question. And like I said, I, I think if if you're looking at things, one of the things that I'm seeing is that biotechnology is starting to lead healthcare. Usually it's the other way around. Uh, and I'm, I'm actually seeing the, um, the, the mid-cap ETF lead, okay? So those are two areas that, you know, biotechnology is not your dad's biotechnology because there's a lot of ones that are, are in the dividend growth portfolio. Uh, so, you know, you don't want to be uh, just throwing them out the door, I don't think. But the, the, it, it's going to get interesting, I believe, going forward because uh, these things have been underperforming uh, since 2015. And, uh, you know, if the Republicans were to come back into play the short time Mr. Trump was in there, uh, they, they rallied fairly nicely, but they still didn't break above their their old highs. So it might take a while. But the mid caps are starting to join the small caps, uh, exceeding some key resistance areas. So you know, mid caps, small cap, especially in the growth area, I I think are uh, you know, look, I don't think you want to be chasing. You know, you got Nvidia, AMD, ServiceNow, Vago, and Adobe are all up twenty percent in the last month. I don't think you want to chase those right at the moment, okay? All right. Uh, you know, and you got Apple breaking out to a new high. Uh, Apple's up a lot for the year. So, uh, look, uh, th- there's no, you know, Tom, I was l- looking into Tom DeMarc stuff, and, uh, you know, the, DeMarc is getting a pretty good following on Wall Street, and he doesn't have any of the related exhaustion on either daily or weekly charts uh, with a lot of these names. So, uh, I don't know if you want to chase them, but I, you know whether you're buying them or not. That's different. Uh, I did notice there was some uh, bearish reversals in some of these stocks uh, on Friday, so they're probably going to pull back to their uptrend line. We'll see what happens. Um, but you know, we are seeing like uh, you know, I, I look at the some of the smaller biotech names, and uh, you know, I've got one Imogen that's that's up quite a bit. We're starting to see some of that happen. All right, so um, it's coming back to life. Uh, the XBI, which largely consists of micro and small caps, has broken out versus the equal weight, uh, and the IBB looks fairly decent too. So 
you know, I, I, I think, uh, that, you know, that's where I'd be in healthcare, but I, I do see some movement in medical devices, uh, not so much the pharmaceuticals, uh, right at the moment anyway, but the medical devices are starting to pick up, but it's the smaller medical devices that I'm seeing. Uh, so here we go from there. All right. Um, Anyway, the I, I think the key is is that uh, you know you're you're looking at things uh, uh, from um, you know the, the small names are finally starting to break out. Let's just put it that way. Now I, I've had lots of questions about emerging markets. Look, the Standard and Poor's 500 and the QQQs have enjoyed four straight weeks of gains. Doesn't happen very often. By the way, when no one believes it, they still don't believe it. That's usually the start of something big, you know, in my, my career it's been. But emerging markets have begun to strengthen. Uh, and that, that's a time when the U.S. dollar remains strong. So if the U.S. dollar starts to give back a little bit, they could be a, it could be a good, you know, tactical move, so a trading move, okay? So just keep that in mind. And so, uh, you know, I, I was looking at a lot of stuff uh, this week, and I'll just say this again, you know, here we are up 20% from the bottom and, and the bears are still at 49%. The bulls have eked up a little bit. We've gone from, you know, we were below 20 for a pretty long time and now we're 24, 25. So we we do have some bulls showing up. That's good. Uh, But the, the bears are still at 49%, you know, that's, that's a good thing. But people don't believe the market's going higher. Trust me on that, all right? So, like I said, you know, we broke the 41.95. I think we're going to go to 43.25, and I think we're going to pause for a while. Uh, it'll take a while to get, you know, each resistance level will take a while to get over, and then when we break through it, it'll be a burst, I think. So uh, it's something to pay pretty close attention to. Uh, you know, I, I just, I think you just, the, the key is it's a rotation nation, so, Make sure you don't buy things at highs. Hey, let's take a break. This is the Smart Investor Show. If you've got a question, 216-901-0945. Stay tuned. Thank you very much, folks. We've had a great night. This is Hugh Hewitt for Town Hall Review. If you're like me, you want more than just facts. You want insight from people you trust. People like Dennis Prager, Larry Elder, Mike Gallagher, and of course me, your host each week on the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt, a weekly roundup of the news. Tune in each week and visit our website at townhallreview.com, where we give you what you need in today's fast-changing world. That's townhallreview.com. Saturday and Sunday at 5 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. Brandon Tatum explains what will win in 2024. If you were just running for the Republican ticket, then just keep being far-right extreme Republican, and you're going to win. But if you think you're going to get people in the middle, you're going to win an election. You have to be more than the Republicans love you, but the Democrats hate you more. You, 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 you cannot win with that theology. The Officer Tatum Show. Weeknights at 7 on AM 1420, The Answer. Or on iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want. 
and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. All right, uh, we're back. You just tuned in Smart Investor Show. Um, you know, I, I was looking at uh, some of the names uh, and, and there, was, there was an interesting article in Forbes about billionaires and the insider buying and how they've had a tough couple of years. And uh, some of those names we announced on the show. OK, um, I did notice that those same billionaires and you know, I'm sorry, they kind of laid it out on the billionaires are not too bright is what they said. You know what? <laughs> if I were a billionaire, I'd be sitting there laughing, smoking a Cuban cigar, uh, drinking 200-year-old scotch because I can afford to. Uh, so he's, they're dumb as foxes as far as I'm concerned. So I'm not in a total agreement with uh, Forbes. Uh, but I just noticed that a lot of these guys have bought a heck of a lot more stock. You know, Asana, Dustin Muscovitz bought another 21 million shares. Okay, he, I think he owns 50% of the company. Uh, you know, Persigen. Mr. Kirk just bought another million shares uh, about three months ago. Uh, the guys at uh, uh, Alunus Therapeutics bought a ton of stock, and, and they're smart people. The guys at Opco, you know, Opco just acquired somebody, and the guys that they acquired are buying the stock like crazy. Okay, so you have a lot of these names. You know, Doctor Frost has bought a lot of stock. He ain't stupid. He he's worth six seven billion dollars. It's hard to be a billionaire. <laughs> All right. So I don't know if I necessarily agree with that uh, that Forbes column, but we'll see what happens going forward. Anyway, look, we look at insiders simply because they know the companies better than we do. Okay, and if they're buying in big chunks, and I mean big chunks, you got to pay attention. And you know, Artol International is a uh, kind of an investment hedge. Well, I don't know if it's a hedge fund, more of an investment fund, and. That's smart money, and they bought Lexicon Pharmaceuticals, which you know uh, they they bought twenty seven million shares, and it was cheap at two dollars and sixty cents, which is a seventy two million dollar or maybe seventy three million dollar value, and they own seventy eight million shares now, seventy eight point seven million shares. So that's they're putting their money where their mouth is. I'll just say that. And then uh, Satsuma Pharmaceuticals, if you don't know who Ken. Taganashi is. Uh, he's been on CNBC quite a few times. He bought uh, 22 million shares at 91 cents and owns 24 million shares, but that's a $20 million purchase, by the way. And then we have uh, this diversified healthcare trust. Uh, it's a REIT, and Adam Portnoy continues to buy. You know, he bought last week and he bought another uh, $5.6 million worth, and another $4.9 million worth, and a $4.1 million worth, and $5 million worth. Uh, then, you know, on the sixth, he bought 2.9 and then last week, you know, he bought a couple million dollars, a couple times. So obviously he thinks highly of it. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. And then, um, top golf, uh, we have a director, uh, buying, a hundred thousand shares, which is about 1.9 million. You know, I don't know if you ever played top golf. It's a fun game. I screws up your regular game, but <laughs> what are you going to do? My regular game's been screwed up for a while. So. Anyway, uh, Dish 
is uh, an interesting one because Jim DeFranco, uh, who's a director, uh, bought some a couple weeks ago, and, and uh, but no, I'm sorry, but more like a month and a half ago, he bought another three hundred thousand shares at six to a tune of about one point eight million, and then MTB Bank. You know, we saw a lot of people buy Zion Bank at twenty two, twenty three. It's thirty two now. That's a pretty big move. Um, but we have the senior EV um, CFO. He, he bought uh, ten thousand shares to one point two million. And then Azumis, which is an apparel retailer, which has been beaten up, consumer discretionary, right? Uh, the CEO, uh, Richard Brooks, bought a uh, million dollars worth, and he owns quite a bit. Uh, he owns, so he bought seventy-five million or seventy-five thousand shares, and he owns two point seven million. So you love to see that, uh, at least I do, anyway. And then um, ACI Worldwide, which is a software company, we had uh, the president and CEO. He bought uh, uh, almost a million dollars worth, um, and then. Uh, also, Stepstone Group, you know, they, last week we had some buyers there. We had uh, Michael McKay bought, he's had a strategy, bought um, $1.5 million for the week. Uh, so, uh, I'm sorry, $2.2 million for, for the week. Uh, so, we and, and then we had, uh, we had the folks at FS Credit Corp, you know, who bought some last week. We had a whole bunch of more buyers, uh, six or seven people that are, yeah, six or seven people that bought three hundred thousand dollars worth. So, you know, that's that's what you want to see. So, uh, what would Tim be doing now? <laughs> Look, I, I have several uh, lists out there. Our top value list, so value stocks. Remember, we talked about this barbell approach to the market. Okay, so on the barbell, your bonds, your annuities, your uh, I think your prime income list, your dividend growth list. And and some of those might be in the value side, but you need some value stocks and you need some growth stocks. And that's because it's rotation nation. So we don't know which group is going to rotate to be the leaders in the next next move. And so you have to be in a little bit of everything. So what we've been talking about basically is the dividend growth portfolio, the prime income list, um, the uh you know, we talked about our high-quality portfolio today and our high-quality value portfolio. Now, small caps are starting to move. We do have a small cap portfolio that I, I highly recommend. I've been buying one name in there that Brian Abrams loves uh, in the biotech area. Actually, he has three that he really loves. And uh, and I think one, his large-cap idea, by the way, got some F- good news from the FDA on Friday, and I, I didn't like the chart. and. Uh, probably going to eat my words on Monday, but that that happens sometimes. Um, but the key is is that you know we're starting to see. I mean, uh, Brian liked Imogen. It was at seven dollars. It hit seventeen Friday. Okay, so you're starting to see some of these things move in, in a big, big way. Um, that there'll be more of them, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, one of the things that Brian talked about was that. The FTC and the Biden administration is starting to kill some of these bigger deals. They're trying to kill the Horizon Amgen deal. And they may kill the Pfizer CL genetics, who knows? Uh, but there's several deals they've already killed. And what may happen, what Brian thinks will happen, and you know, he's he's a doctor, by the way. He's I mean he's a he's he's a he's a he's a doctor <laughs> of medicine. And what's interesting is what he talks about is that he thinks that the the drug companies are going to go to smaller companies they get away with them quicker okay so they can buy the technology and work it through their labs 
and you know expedite the move to the market. So that could be really interesting going forward. So I I think that uh, you know what I'd be doing is remember we get rotation nation out there. So whatever's been leading the last couple of weeks, which has been semiconductors and AI, don't chase them. Look for things that are down that we're doing well and are high quality companies. That's what I'm doing with this quality list. And there's a good bunch of names out there that I think are going to be in great shape. Uh, and, and Friday, you know, one of the names I've been buying, we did have like a bearish reversal, but it's still in an uptrend. So all I think it's going to do is go back to its uptrend line. And, uh, you know, I thought it was going to break out and instead it's going to go back to the uptrend line. doesn't mean you can sell them all. Okay. You just use the weakness to buy. That's all. So, all right. Um, beyond that, uh, if you go to WHK1420, their webpage, and go to local podcast down to the Smart Investor Show, you can go directly to my webpage. If you want to sit down, you know, I keep telling people about this wealth plan. If you want to do a wealth plan, you don't have to become a client, okay? You can be a prospective client, and we'll do the wealth plan. Now, we won't take you to the playground, which says, you know, if we do this, you know, I, I got some people that are giving a bunch of money to their kids. Uh, to help them get started uh, because, you know, trainer homes, you know, have used to be $200,000 and now three seventy. right? So the, the, you know, getting into a house is a very difficult thing right at the moment. So they're helping them out and they're seeing how it's going to affect their retirement plan. And what it's done is it's taken from a 99% to 85%, which they're going to be fine. Okay. It's that simple. So that's what we can do in playground. If you become a client and I think it's worth, worth your while to, to, uh, to take a look, but we can give you your uh, a wealth plan, so you can at least got something on paper saying, "Hey, I'm fairly organized." Most people aren't. Anyway, in the meantime, have a great weekend. It's beautiful out there. Uh, it's supposed to rain all next week, so get out and uh, get outside and enjoy yourself. Uh, this has been the Smart Investor Show. My name is Tim Hayes. Remember to buy low and sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.